Welcome back to the Meet Us in Paris podcast. I'm Emily, and this is the podcast about all things travel, be it food, what to pack for, pack for your next trip, or your next exotic destination. And back with us from her recent exotic destination trip, Hawaii, is who we assume is sporting a glowing tan, Kristen. Aloha. It's a really <laughs> long intro. <laughs> Where's the line between glowing tan and god-awful sunburn? sunburn. Lob- <laughs> lobster red lobster, sunburn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you <call> us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a little bit of fairer skin than average, maybe, so I, I err on the sunburn side, sadly. <laughs> Well, we're excited to hear about your your trip in a future episode. Um, yeah. But with us also is Zen. Hey, are you sunburned or sporting a glowing tan? I am mm. not. I I have a farmer's tan. Oh it's, no, it's, it's terrible. When I go swimming, I I look like the the light of a thousand suns. You know, <laughs> surf okay, but the rest of my body is a little bit scary. But as you can hear someone laughing in the background, guess who I brought? <laughs> Buongiorno, ciao, ciao a tutti. Oh, ciao bello. Oh, grazie. <laughs> it's Sean. Yep, it's me. Yay. <laughs> okay, so if you heard on our last podcast, you know that Sean was living in Florence for a little over a month, and it's hard to talk about a month's worth of experiences in only an hour. So we had so much fun that we decided to drag him back and tell us some more. But before we dig in, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. They're called goals for a reason. There's something to strive for. They require attention, and they need sweat and hard work to achieve. Do you have a career goal? At UCI Division of Continuing Education, we're here to help. With over 60 certificate programs available, we've helped over a quarter million students reach their goals, and we can help you reach yours too. Start today at ce.uci.edu. That's ce.uci.edu. Okay, I have to ask right off the bat. (laughs) Yes. So I actually, when when COVID first happened and the world's like wrapping their head around the pandemic, <laughs> I saw um, on some like travel blog or something how in Italy, because they, they were hit really hard by the plague, they had still in existence in their cities, these like wine holes where they would be like, <gasps> I heard about those. In like right. in the wall where they would give you your wine and you wouldn't like breathe on each other. Did you see any of those? So, you get wine. <laughs> that's that's a great question. So I did not actually. Okay, I saw the holes in the wall. Okay. Uh, I did not see any hands like go in and out or glasses of wine. Unfortunately, that would have been amazing, and I would have hundred percent taken a photo of that. But yes, I did hear about that, and that is that is genius and hilarious. And it's a non negotiable. It's a non negotiable. You know, you totally. I mean, come up. Yeah. So of course they, and and I think that was like. I mean, it's not like they made that. That that has existed around for, I believe, a while. So they just—it's almost like they right. reutilized, you know, that that method of, uh, <laughs> of you we know, serving wine. Yeah, we needed Ex- exactly, exactly. Nice. Do do you, you want to, Kristen? Uh, do you want to elaborate more and let other people know what the wine holes are? Uh, my understanding from what I remember from probably just looking at a picture and reading the caption, let's be honest, was um, like in medieval Italy when there was, I'm assuming, the bubonic plague. Or it whatever. was the bubonic plague, yeah. Okay. I'm sure there were a bajillion. But um, 
people still needed their wine, but mm-hmm. there was a plague, so you didn't want to interact. Same thing, right? Social distancing, keeping your distance. And so they made these holes in the stone walls where you could just pass wine through. Like you could still go order your wine in the, I guess, just a Amazing. glass would emerge on a hand and you could just take it without, you know. It, it's the enough. world's smallest drive through window. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great, that's a great way to put it, Z. <laughs> it's just big enough. So the thing was that I seen pictures of it too. Didn't experience it firsthand, but they're just big enough that you could push out with your hand a, a glass of wine. Right, right, right. Oh my god, that's so funny. That's it, and, and the thing is that over the years, I had heard what had happened is like they were no longer in use, so they were bricked over. And so, like lots of times, you'd be walking down the street. And it's like, why is that little tiny window? You know. Mm-hmm. At, like you know chest height there and Mm -hmm. why is it bricked out and then they start reopening them when the you know this covid but i heard some places were even thinking selling stuff like gelato through them well anything really yeah 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 that's hilarious <laughs> well i'm i'm taking away from the first-hand accounts that sean can bring oh my god oh apologies oh no 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 that so um yeah, I mean, if you guys, you know, I mean, there's so much to talk about. And I realized in the okay. last episode, I, we went know, all just, over the place. I know, because I was like, where, I mean, it's like, where do you, you know, where do you start? You know, I could just talk about like just the experience getting there for like, you know, half an hour, you know? Right. I mean? well, so, well, okay, let's start about, start out with this because I think this was the most interesting thing uh, is that the, last two years you spent learning Italian and you were trying to become a little conversant. And so, so the thing is, how was the amount of Spanish that you learned? I mean, Spanish, I'm sorry, Italian that you learned for, um, how, 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 what, how did that serve you when the two years that you learned uh, Italian? Yes. So, um, so I mentioned in the last episode, so there was, you know, I mean, it's like I'm 33 years old trying to learn, a, you know, a la- romantic language from scratch. And, uh, you know, I have no, like, path really except YouTube to try and figure out what are other people doing. So I tried every app under the sun. I, like, did tutoring. I watched Netflix. I did, you know, with subtitles. I, I mean, I did it all. Um, so anyway, so I shared a little bit about that um, on the last episode. And you know, learning a language, it's, it's a roller coaster, you know, you, you make some progress, and then you plateau. And then the method that you used before, uh, you know, just doesn't really help you anymore. And you need like, the next thing to kind of move forward. So I think that's where people get stuck and discouraged. So anyways, and then Chris and I told Zen, uh, I told Zen and Emily last episode that I was watching a ton of uh, QVC uh, Italia. So like <laughs> you're hearing, so I would just have every morning I'd like turn it. This was prepping for Italy, right? So I would like turn it on and uh, you know, they're selling like, uh, like jackets, right? Or like shoes or whatever. And like saying how special they are. And, you know, they're talking for like an hour about like the shoelaces on the shoe. And, you know, for better or worse, like all the construction guys in the house are listening to this, you know, whether they like it or not. But, but Sean, anyways, the real yeah. text is calling in and ordering. Did you order anything? Yes. You know, <laughs> you're totally right. You're totally right. You know, <laughs> once or twice, I was tempted because, you know, I, I had to get a SIM card. And so I'm like, okay, now I can actually like call in. Um, so anyways, um, so, so going back a little bit, um, you know, and I mentioned this again before, but Italy is one of those places where you need to make the effort 
to open the beautiful doors that are there, you know, if you want to get the full experience, right? So language, um, I think it was a Nelson Mandela quote, which was like, you speak to a man, um, uh, if you speak to a man in his language, it like you're speaking to his heart, not just his mind, right? Um, so anyways, I, I went there and I, I told uh, Zen and Emily, it took me probably 20 seconds to realize wow i am not prepared for any of this like i I thought i could flow by it's like holy smokes um but so one example is um just just knowing a little bit of italian at least like shows the italian people that you know this guy he's like guy or gal is like making an effort to at least like you know try and they know they know like obviously you don't speak i mean your accent's going to be terrible but like don't let that discourage you you know because that's like it's it's flattering and you know they may speak back to you in their (laughs) perfect english and then it's this awkward thing where it's like okay you have a native english speaker who's trying to like his hardest to crawl through basic italian and then you have an italian native italian who like is speaking back in perfect english and now it's like awkward because it's like you're just making it awkward (laughs) you're making it hard (laughs) right yeah, yeah yeah exactly and also the hard thing too is, you know, you're trying to practice, but, um, these people are busy, you know, they're, they're doing like, you know, they got, they got, uh, grocery items to ring up for a, a line of 10 people or like, you know, they got customers in and out. So that was the harder part for me was like, just being cognizant of like, okay, I want to be respectful of this person's time. I, I'm not, uh, you know, but this thing of like filling in the blank really helps a lot. So I would say something like, oh, um, you know, buongiorno, sono qui perché uh, vorrei trovare, and then they're like, I- I'm like, un, uh, uh, and then they're like, uh, una carota, and I'm like, si, una carota, and then so, so they fill in, like, the words uh, for you, and that was super, super helpful, because it really proves, like, okay, I can go up to, like, you know, uh, maybe I can go up to this point, but then I'm completely lost. And that's where they help you. And then you then you pick up the pace and you learn from there. But two quick stories uh, I wanted to share. So there's this franchise uh, called Conad. Okay, so Chris and I told Zen and Emily this before. So it's like, I was like, it's their 7-Eleven. It's their, it's their 7-Eleven. But the name threw me off. I'm Much like, better. Co- like, it almost looks like like Conan the Barbarian, like what, <laughs> like you know. Uh, so it was like a very funny. I'm sure there's a history bit behind the the name, of course. But so when the first day I I went there, you know, um, the cashier lady, like you know, she's like, "Buongiorno, buongiorno," and then um, you know, it's kind of like she probably expects me to just be this tourist that. Um, is coming and going and she won't see in like a week or whatever, which is totally understandable because that's, that's how it is, you know, for a touristic country like that. Um, but you know, I, I tried to like call her by her name, like crack, like a joke, like whatever. And so by the end of my trip, she was like, it went from like, buongiorno to, I literally like, I call her name and she's like, She's like, Sean, buongiorno, like literally blows me a kiss out of like the the sliding door of like the 7-Eleven as I'm walking like towards the door. And I'm like, that's like, but you know what? That would have never happened if like I didn't speak the language or at least like make an effort, right? It's like those small things, that's when like the magic opens up of Italy. And and one other thing I want to mention, I know, I know we're talking um uh about florence but i made a quick trip to venice which i would love to talk about in a future episode but 
so the same thing happened there was, you know, I went into this beautiful Venetian uh, mask shop and there's, uh, you know, this older Italian guy who, um, you know, tourists are coming, people are coming in and out, some Italians and also some Americans. And, you know, they're just looking around at the beautiful mask. They come in and then, you know, ask maybe in English or Italian, like, how much is it? And then leave. So I was, I was like blown away by the beauty of the, all the handmade masks that were there and all the different styles and colors and uh, just the artistry. And so I start talking to him in, you know, practicing my Italian and we just get along and, you know, he's like so flattered that I'm trying, even though it's not perfect. And, you know, he speaks great English too. And then, so we start talking, he's like, we, we just start laughing at stuff. And he's like, he's like, how much time do you have? And I'm like, dude, I, I'm on an Island with no like i'm here you know there's no place for me to go like you i went out of my way like took a train to like get here like i got nothing to do man except just explore this amazing place so he's like i want to show you something so he takes me and and this guy was like he was like the scary he was like usually that means you're gonna have like right no (laughs) right so that could have been the end of my story and journey and life and all that stuff but i was like look i'm down I won't say no, like while I'm here, I'm down to try anything, of course. Um, and this guy was like, his name was Marino. And uh, he kind of reminded me of like the Italian, like Mel Gibson Patriot. Like he had like a ponytail, silver oh ponytail. Like, uh, yeah. And he wearing like this big, like, you know, uh, leather kind of trench coat. I mean, it was just so epic, like a real old world kind of. You are uh, really sp- painting a picture here. I appreciate it. <laughs> so. I'm following him and um, we're going through these zigzag, you know, passageways of Venice, which you, if you've been to Venice, you know, it's almost like mm-hmm. imagine a thief in the night, like 400 years ago, just like running, you know, wall to wall, brick wall. It's a maze. Left. Yeah. It's, it's a maze. Like, it's a brick yeah. maze. Yeah. yeah. It, and, and the, and it's tiny, you know, the passages are tiny. And so it's just so cool. So I'm following this guy and he takes me to um, a shop uh another shop that he has like on the other side of venice and um the girl there young girl there she says oh he's taking to the back he usually doesn't take people to the back and i'm like i'm so excited and i have no idea right she says that to everyone who comes yeah, the door yeah that's what I, that was i was also <laughs> i was thinking the same thing too like all right here we go like yeah i'm the special the special customer right so he um we were talking about like how you know carnevale or carnival like you know where everybody obviously dresses up and in the season in venice were you there over carnival so i was one day early <gasps> one day early oh, i couldn't no. I, I know and i had to leave i mean it was just like oh my god but was it were you there just for a day or did you stay overnight i was i was literally there i was shut i was trying to I know I talked about this before, but I wanted most of my trip to be in Florence because that's how you really get to experience a city, not really hopscotching around, just like being Mm -hmm. like, okay, I chose a city. Mm -hmm. I'm choosing the city intentionally. Like I now the city, I need to like explore all of it as much as I can and let it like Mm -hmm. unveil itself to me. So I was there for 48, I was like 48 hours basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just enough to like, you know, like Zen said, sometimes you just need to go to a place to like get the feel of it, right? And yeah. so I totally did. You can um, always go back. It, exactly. So now, right. And it's like, you know, for a day you go somewhere and now it's like your whole world and mind opens up about that place and all the possibilities now. You're, but 
Yeah, exactly. You can always go back. So anyway, so he opens this like massive velvet uh, curtain and I look behind the store and there's like a hundred like I kid you. They're like Barry Lyndon worthy period piece costumes like all like all from I mean, the everything tailored with velvet and lace and I mean, head to toe. I mean, this looked like things you would see in Amadeus or again, Barry Lyndon, just beautiful. And, I, and you know, it's like you look at it and it's almost like a um, uh, you're going back in time immediately, like just seeing the costumes. Right. So obviously they rent them out uh, for Carnevale and um, people can also buy them. And I asked how much they were. And, um, you know, he's like, well, they're about a thousand to four thousand euros. And I'm like, of course they are. Like they look amazing. And then he was like, well, we also have capes, too. And uh, I'm like, oh, the capes. And I, and I told Zen and Emily, I'm like, I got to I gotta put the capes on, man. So he put one on me. <laughs> and the second he put it on me, I said, there's no way in hell I'm I'm leaving this store without the cape. So, but anyways, but going back to the language, it's like if I didn't speak a little bit of Italian or even try, that whole story would have never happened. Yeah. So it does. So my advice is like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just like know a couple phrases, a really great book that I recommend is Rick Steve did a phenomenal like phrase book of real phrases you will use. And it's and also organization is half the battle, because if you have a book that's not organized, you're going to be flipping through stuff and the train is going to pass you and the person (laughs) like it's not like that's a big part of it. So he has a great book in Italian um, with phrases and it's phonetically spelled out. Highly, highly recommend. Very cool. You know, I have to say, and I'm probably generalizing a little bit, but my experience um, growing up in the United States has been that our culture is so critical of people who don't speak English perfectly. Mm -hmm. And so when I have traveled, I have felt very intimidated because to me, the experience is if you can't get it out correctly, then almost don't bother. But in those situations in other cultures where you try, I mean, it's so the opposite. They are so thankful that you've put in some effort for their language. They're happy to see you learning. And it really was a culture shock that it was like, Mm -hmm. it felt like night and day between someone, um, really appreciating you taking the time, even if you don't speak it perfectly. Kristen, you nailed it. It's so, <laughs> so true. Yeah. Cause we just, you know, cause I mean, think about it. America is, is so big and everybody, I mean, it's an English speaking nation, you know? So, you know, I mean, when it's, it's almost like uncommon to hear somebody on in the street, like not speaking. I mean, it depends where you are, of course, but you're totally right. There's like this, uh, there's this idea that, you know, it needs to be perfect. And if not, it's like, you can't, you know, but, but it was the exact opposite over there. So it did take me a while though, to be like, okay, listen, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to have good days. I'm going to have bad days. I'm going to, I'm going to completely freeze in public, like trying to say something. And you know, then there's going to be days where it's just somehow flowing. Um, Mm -hmm. So you're, you're absolutely right. And, and the funny thing I, I will mention is, and this is hilarious and also so unfortunate, but when I came back, I didn't speak Italian for like three weeks with anybody. I mean, basically, right? Right. And my Italian just improved like like by the third week. I could tell. I was like thinking a lot quicker. Like now I'm like, I'm like, great. Like, it, why couldn't this have happened like when I was there? And it was almost <laughs> like my brain needed a break to just process everything and digest it. And, so, and it's, it's the same with like muscle memory, like learning a 
piano or something where you, it's like you, you need that cheat day to restart your yeah metabolism. you need the break <laughs> yes yes and and your mind can only take in so much i mean you can apply yeah. this to like studying for exams or whatever where it's like look after half an hour you can force it but i mean right now today it's not going to get better until you pick it up tomorrow so that was really interesting and and Stefano, one of our coworkers, obviously you guys uh, know, former coworkers, he said he is Italian. And so he was like, Sean, you're going to learn and it's going to feel like it's not coming and you're going to get frustrated. And and then he's like, all of a sudden, bam, it just hits, yeah. <laughs> hits you. And so, yeah, he was so right. He's so right. Did you, did you start um, dreaming in Italian? <laughs> so that's like a great question. So I started having like right when I would wake up in the morning sometimes I would like just, yeah, I would have some conversations like as if I'm trying to, or I'm like, how would I say this in it? Like for some reason, there's a reason to explain it in my dream in Italian. Like, I don't know why, but um, I definitely conversations do happen and have happened. And again, I'm not fluent by any means, but at least like I, I can understand, you know, a decent you amount. Find a bathroom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yes, definitely. Especially when I wake up in the morning, um, it's like in that twilight period. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. Like that'll just kind of come to me. And then I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I trying to like translate this thought in Italian? But it's awesome. It's an amazing problem to have. I dream to have those problems. And literally, I am dreaming about those things. <laughs> Nice. Can I interject with a small story? I'm yes, sorry please. about you, but um, I, when I studied abroad in France and I did like a full immersion, so it was kind of trial by fire. You get there, everything's in French and your brain is fried. And you know, I, you, you try so hard and at some point it's too much. And you're just like, I need to go speak English with someone. I need to listen to the news in English, whatever. And I just felt like I wasn't making any progress. And then one day I was actually having lunch with a French um, friend and I spilled my drink. And the first words out of my mouth, I go, merde, which means shit. In French. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, you are so French now. That was your first response. Amazing. Was, oh I was like, you're right. I am. I'm making progress. Amazing. Because so, yeah. that is such a great story. <laughs> I, I still think back to that, that. That's like my shining example of like, it was finally happening. Oh, I was turning the corner. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. And, and how exciting is that moment? It's yeah. so rewarding, right? You didn't try. You had to let go, you know, stop controlling so much. And it just oh. happened. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's so awesome. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Very cool. <laughs> uh, so tell us about how fresh the food is there. Yeah. So I touched a little bit on this before, but I mean, the food, yeah, it's just everything. There's no preservatives. I mean, I know a lot of the stuff I'm saying is so obvious for people, but for people who don't know, I mean, it's just there's no artificial anything, no preservatives, no shelf life, uh, you know, things to make it last an eternity on a shelf. Um, just simple, fresh, local, natural ingredients. And that's, where did you buy eggs? Were they in the fridge? Or were they oh, on that's, the shelf? That's a great question. That's a great question. The eggs were on shelves. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, so when I, so Kristen, when I got there, I was like, so first of all, I was really hungry and uh, oh. I was, and then I'm like, oh my God, like I could hardly contain myself. It's like all the salami in the world, like the best <laughs> I can eat. And, and uh, you know, and, and of course I was, like I said, I was um, uh, before that I was easing my way off of uh, keto, of course. And I was trying to, you know, 
get ready for the pastas and everything slowly. Um, but <laughs> so when I, when I went the first day, I was like, okay, I'm going to load up on like, I, I didn't even care what cheese. I just pulled like anything. I, I like, I didn't even look. I'm just like, this one looks cool. Th- this one looks amazing. This one looks beautiful. Like I'm just, I'm going to try as many as I can. So I might as well start with whatever. <laughs> so, you know, salamis, I had no idea what the names were. I just pulled them all. So I put them in my mini fridge um, at my flat and I'm like, okay, great. I think I have enough food for maybe like two weeks or whatever, you know, if I want to snack at home. And then by the third day, I'm like, I get in my flat. I'm like, what's that weird smell? I thought I threw out the trash. And then I'm like, yeah, I did throw out the trash. And I open the door. I'm like, oh no, like 90% of the cheese, not the H cheese, but the, yeah, went bad. Like, and I was, and then, and then it hit me. It was like $80 worth of cheese. And I was like, yeah. And then I was, I was like, Oh, I get it now. Food's not supposed to last that long. Yeah. <laughs> because cheese, like fresh stuff, you know, it's like and, and they this shop is, every day. They shop every day. Because there's, there's yeah. probably somewhere to buy food two yep. steps away from you no matter where you go. Exactly. Fresh yeah. markets every day. You go, you get mm-hmm. your foods for today and tomorrow, and um that's it. You know, there's no, yeah. there's no Costco. There's no Sam's club. <laughs> there's no, I mean, it's just, it's impossible, you know? Um, but it was so, it was at the same time, very refreshing to be like, at least I know what I'm eating. I don't even have to guess. Like yeah. it's, it's just good because that stuff is foreign to your body. Like your body's to work so hard to make sense of this stuff that shouldn't even be in it to begin with, you know? Um, yeah. but that was, that was definitely an eye opener. And I was like, Okay, lesson learned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then speaking of, okay, so really quick, speaking of, we mentioned uh, France and uh, and Italy. So I did get to go see my cousins in France for a bit because they're over there. And that was amazing too. And the food, so the food- Have you to- been to France? I mean, France before. Yes. So my cousin um, who is full American, born in Maryland, she met a French Armenian and basically Whoa. decided wow. I am going to reinvent myself as like a Parisian. And she moved there. She didn't wow. know a lick of Fra- French. <laughs> wow. And you know, she worked for a French company. She's got Whoa. like a, three kids, a whole family there. She speaks fluent French now. I mean, it's amazing. Wow. But I got to experience also the cuisine there too. And, you know, I, and, you know, and yes, it is, it's, it's cliche, right? To say like people carrying baguettes under their armpit. I'm telling you, the first, <laughs> the first minute I got there, I like saw somebody like just, just in a hurry and they literally had like a baguette under their arm. I'm like, all right, yep. well, that's, well, that's true. <laughs> and the, and the bread is so good in France. But, um, but I will say cuisine wise, it was interesting because Italian is very class. If you want rustic, classic, dishes not complicated just just rustic classic dishes right you go to italy but if you want refined you do you go to france right so it's almost like you might have just like normal fresh cheese in italy but then in france they'll have like um you know it'll be cured a certain way or like smoked or you know you add like this sauce to it um so just something interesting for people i think it's it's fascinating if they can experience both palates at the same if they can and then compare because they're they're two amazing cuisines but just a very different take on you know what you do to the food you know sure yeah 
I have a question, and yes. I don't know if this is me being like ignorant or something, but when you think of Italian food, you think, uh, or at least when I think of Italian food, I think of well, pizza and pasta. Much smoother. Oh, no. I'm <laughs> sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. The beauty <laughs> ahead, of technology. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so when I think of Italian food, the first things I think of dishes, dish-wise, is pasta yes. and pizza. Yes. Does France have their own version of pasta and pizza? Or is it just just like the ingredients you're saying are, are differently? Um, so, yeah, that's, that's a great question. I mean, I'm sure they – I didn't really – the meals I had were, you know – of course, baguette with every meal, uh, cheese is dessert, um, you know, a lots of meat, fish. Um, so I didn't have any like pasta there, but I'm sure they do things to, you know, the food and just, just they cure it a different way or they add like, they, they take it to the next level basically. And I mean, that's with everything French, like, like even the, you know, the Versailles. I mean, it's, you know, there's crown molding on crown molding right. on crown molding. Yeah. Like it's, it's just like, it's overload, but um, and I love it. And so I'm sure they do something. I'm sure they have their own version of something like that. I, I wish I knew for certain, but I, I didn't get to um, try any like French like pizza or pasta. But I would imagine that they would do their own twist on it, you know? Got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what else? <laughs> I mean, it's just like we're, we're, we're I know, we're, I know, because it's like, know, oh my okay. God. Okay, let, let's. So you were there during Christmas yes. time, yes, in Florence. Yes. Tell us, you know, I, you know, tell us about the decorations. Tell us about the yes. lights. Tell yes. us that you know, you got it. So you know, wh- wh- how they celebrate that type of stuff. Yes, yes. Okay, so, um, so during it's really nice going during. I mean, you know, I know a lot of people go during the summertime, of course, and it's beautiful and everything. But it was really, I wanted to kind of experience. I'm glad I got to go during the winter because even though. And the temperature was actually great. Um, really, like I was wearing a T-shirt for a while. And then, you know, you w- start wearing a jacket. And then there's some days when you're like, okay, it's it's getting cold. Like, <laughs> like I can't. Uh, the Californian in me is is like, huh. I, it's like I got to put the flag down, you know? Um, <laughs> but, Sorry. But, funny. <laughs> but um, so they put a massive Christmas tree right near the Duomo. And then they staged like um, the Wiseman um, scene right near the Duomo, of course. Mm. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, there's um, there's at nighttime, there'll be street musicians who are playing like, you know, they can play Christmas songs or um, I did hear Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas, <laughs> which was so uh, funny and so Bye. amazing. <laughs> uh, just hearing Italians, you know, I mean, that's Not like Christmas the, without that. Yeah, I- exactly, exactly. Um, so that was really fun because it was like, you know, just hearing that like made me smile because it was kind of like bringing a part of, you know, back home like here and, and just seeing how it's, you know, um, it was just it was just so much fun to see that. Um, so they have something called flight or F it's F light. So I think it's like it's called uh, Florence lights or Florence light, Florentine lights. Um, so it's like flight, but with a a hyphen, so F hyphen light. And so what they do is they project for like two or three weeks at nighttime, they project modern art and like classic, you know, classic, um, just, just, uh, Italian art, Renaissance art on the walls of the building and Ponte Vecchio, which is so cool. So, I mean, you're just standing there mesmerized because, um, and they'll also 
they'll project like let's say a beautiful painting you know from the renaissance and then um like maybe like a little description or something um so i mean at nighttime it's just it just adds a whole nother layer and element to you know i mean you're 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 casting art on art i mean how meta is that you know it's like it's yeah and so you just stand there um absolutely mesmerized by um and just appreciate it more of of um the the art that you're seeing and you're like oh i never got to see that and now i'm seeing it literally on ponte vecchio like wow (laughs) you know (laughs) so that was that was amazing um uh let me see oh so around uh, november time thanksgiving um you know when i kind of started um my trip over there black friday is they milk that thing for all it's worth i probably saw like 50 black friday uh and they don't call it like uh you know like nero venerdì or venerdì nero which would be like black friday it's literally just black friday and because they know nobody knows like venerdì nero would be or oscuro like dark friday or whatever um so that was pretty funny uh, to see that during uh, Thanksgiving. I mean, every shop had that. So, yeah, if you want deals and discounts and if you're there at that time, definitely wait. Um, you'll see a ton of those signs. Um, but, yeah, you know, uh, it was just it was magical to be there during during Christmas time. And, um, you know, the tree near the massive Christmas tree in the center of the Duomo, um, you know, the decorations, it, it was uh it added like a real magical kind of element to it and if you were if you were in some place like milan uh oh my god when it's snowing over there i mean that's like that's even taking it to the next level you know but yeah it was beautiful it was really really nice that's fabulous and they are i'm assuming primarily catholic country yes 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 so yes, yes. yeah got a lot of good christmas stuff going on yes yes <laughs> there is a vatican there right right (laughs) okay sean i think this is the point where we had to talk about one of your favorite video games yes yes okay so this was one of you so one of sean's sean's and i have known each other a long time and we always talk about video games on the side and so one of sean's favorite video games and partially i think your inspiration Mm -hmm. for traveling is assassin's creed yes yes yes. so i I would be i would be lying if i didn't say that game in some small but profound way just made just made like renaissance italy come alive for me because there's no other way i mean you know like you're literally playing this guy. His name's Ezio Auditore da Firenze. From da Firenze, like da, like Leonardo da Vinci. So he's from da Firenze, from uh, Florence. So you're playing this guy, and um, you know he starts off as like this uh, Italian kind of hooligan punk kid, and um, you know some assassination happens uh, in his family, and so basically it's this journey of like. You know, but but you're friends with like Leonardo da Vinci in the game and you're helping him build like his, you know, his inventions. And, you know, there's a corrupt like um, <laughs> there's like a corrupt priest in the va- in the in the Vatican and you got to like take him out and you're climbing on the rooftops of the Duomo. And, um, you know, you're having like romantic escapades uh, at night. <laughs> like it's just you're, you're literally living like this fantasy of just what it, and, and the amazing thing is the detail that the Ubisoft took and the developers to make it 
um, so accurate or as accurate as they could with, of course, drama and, and all that stuff. But yeah, like for example, um, so, so anyways, that game, it just felt like I was living like back in time and, and, uh, it, and I've always been an old world, old soul person. And, you know, Italy already spoke to me. So when I went, um, there was a girl, there's a girl there and I'm going to give her a shout out. Her name's Martina and her Instagram is at Sun Florence Tours. So Sun Florence Tours. Um, or I think at Sun Florence and you'll find her. her name's Martina. So she was the person who created the Assassin's Creed, like the first person. And I know, and I know this because the first, the second game, the only game, the first game that takes place in Italy is in Florence. So how many, how many tour guides are doing an Assassin's Creed, uh, <laughs> you know, t- a tour in Florence? And nice. Florence is already small. So she was a huge fan of the game art history major knows all the details. So wow. I'm like, I, I run across this online and I'm like, I am so doing this. So I actually brought a jacket that I have Assassin's Creed jacket to wear to the tour. Cause I, I had to, there's no way I'm not, there's no way I'm not. I'm all, I'm all in. And so you didn't bring it the extra pairs of underwear, but you brought this, you know, that's how you know I'm a true fan. Yeah. So, so I meet her and she, you know, I'm just like, this is so cool. Like I, and she also was a huge fan of the game as well and played it. So she literally had a tablet of her playing the game in these certain locations in Florence, holding it up. And then, and then like you're seeing her play and she's describing like the history of, you know, what's going on, the building, like these people were in power at the time. You know, if you remember, she would say like Ezio goes into this door and he sees this painting that painting actually is this you know and so she then she takes down the tablet and you're literally at the location and it's like it's just so cool like i mean come on that's for me that was as is as real as it gets like there's nothing else you know we go to ponte vecchio where like the game starts and you're in you're in like a street fight with these um the pazzi family and you know that was actually based on like two fighting factions at the time in florence um you know where she's showing me like uh there's a cathedral santa maria um uh novella and um you know she's saying okay if you notice like these the game actually got this right, but they, you know, they didn't get this exactly right. So anyways, I had an absolute just blast going. I mean, we went to like Palazzo Vecchio where, you know, Ezio climbs up to save his dad who's in prison and is about to be executed, which was based on, which actually was a place where they would keep prisoners up in a tower and then basically hang them or burn them uh, like right at the, the base. So, I mean, the whole thing came alive for me, but I mean, to share that with somebody who already was a fan, a real Italian who played the game, his art history major, literally showing me around her town with the gameplay. I mean, I arguably had one of the most, the, the best uh, experiences I could I could have ever asked for as a fan. And I have one photo I, I shared with Zen, I'd be happy to share uh, later, of me with her, with the tablet and the background of the game. But that was just... Even if I went just for that, I, I feel like my life in some small percentage like was a little more complete just having that experience you know (laughs) just amazing amazing i'm all about like seeing things in media and then seeing them in real life yes 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 i would have done the same thing (laughs) if i had a key i would have worn it too (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh man. Yeah. So, um, so, I mean, that was an incredible experience. And also I will say too, if you're on the fence about just speaking about tour guides, if you're on the fence about a tour guide, just do it because they will give you insights that you just, there's no way you could know. You'd have to spend years sometimes to just find that information. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I saw, um, you know, I saw old parts of buildings that were like the like a beam, like the old, the last beam of like um, I think it was uh, I think it was like Michelangelo's home or something. It was like one like beam like hidden in a and no and everybody just passes around it. Or um, if you're in um, if you're near uh, Palazzo Vecchio, which means old palace, um, there's a there's a carving on the wall, and it's like this portrait of this um, this guy. And she's like, yeah, Michelangelo, uh, like graffitied that behind his back. Um, apparently he was like, either he was trying to draw somebody who, so there's, there's like, of course. And then you get to the legends like, okay. So apparently he was so bored with somebody who was talking to him. He just took a rock and was just carving their portrait behind his back. Um, or he didn't want somebody to, or he, something like somebody shamed him. And so he's like, I'm going to carve your face on the on the. <laughs> Don't. So everyone will know. I mean, and, and this is where it gets crazy because there are so many crazy stories of like very violent, <laughs> very inspiring, like just, I mean, history is gnarly, you know, but Italian history. I mean, you know, I was walking in places where it's like, oh, um, yeah, some um, some guy named uh, uh, I think his name was Savonar- Savonarola. Um you know, was like burned at the stake, like right where I'm standing, you know, I mean, or um, just, oh, yeah, this this place where I'm going is, um, you know, this thing like fell here, you know, um, and nobody knows. So definitely book, do yourself a favor, get a tour guide. Um, TripAdvisor has some amazing ones. Um, but I'm just so glad I did that. It, it made my experience just so much more rich. And, and when you know the story behind why things were like that, like, why was that statue carved like that? Why did the artist choose to do that? Then you're like, oh my God, it's five times cooler oh, yeah. or more terrifying. You know, either <laughs> you either way. Yeah, either way, it's fascinating. Um, talking about statues, the P- um, I don't know if I'm going to butcher this, but the Piazza della Signoria. Oh, um, that's- good. That was good. That was good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's, those are the outdoor statues. And I remember yes. when I was in Florence, I remember walking through and around them, but I don't quite. I- remember any of any interesting stories about them do you have yes. to share <laughs> yes um so there's a great website um that i found called the geographical cure and um this uh this blogger like goes into great detail but yeah so i mean you go there and these beautiful original statues are just on display for the public and some of them have been replaced of course but i mean you go there and you're like this is like the Medici family displaying art for the people like out in the open, you know, it's like, it, wow. it just, it, it, it's not in a museum. It's like just out in the right. elements. It's an know. outdoor museum. It was like right. such yes. a fascinating yes. just thing that was just there for anyone to walk around. Right. And, and, and people do that all the time. It's one of the coolest. Uh, it was one of my favorite places for sure i went there so many times i mean it was a it was a 10 minute walk from my flat which was amazing and and then you start to re, you start to read the stories about them um and like okay so this copy of the statue of david originally the statue of david i believe was there and then they moved it into um the uffizi i think so um 
so now there's a copy there. But then you read the story of, you know, when David came out, it basically ruined like every other statue because people were like, they're like, well, yeah, we love David. So now, like, what are you going to do next? And so, you know, people would come up with another statue. Like um, there was a, an artist. So in the same plaza, uh, Piazza, right across from David, there's a statue um, uh, called Hercules and, Ca- and Cacus uh, by a guy named Bacho Bandinelli, I think. And, um, you know, it's like a, another artist, too. Um, but people hate, they criticize that statue because people actually threw stones at it. Everybody, everybody hated it except the Medici family because it didn't have the, the, dy- the, the dynamic movement of the, of like maybe the other statues in the piazza it was like, it didn't have the soul to it. You know, um, wow. I read something where the Florentine citizens actually called it a sack of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Right. Um, uh, um, sorry, what's the word? Burn? New in, yeah, the ultimate burn. Sure. <laughs> the ultimate. Oh, the ultimate. <laughs> Emily, that was great. Uh, burn. Yeah. <laughs> burn, bro. Yeah. Right. I was doing the thing. I was trying to fill in the blank. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then, and then, like you look across, and there's a statue of um, it's of um, uh, Neptune's fountain. Okay, and so. Uh, Cosimo who, de, Medi- de Medici was one of the main big players of the Medici family. Um, and it's this beautiful, like, you know, I mean, he looks like a, like an NFL linebacker, like just, you know, built and this beautiful, massive statue of him looks, I mean, straight out of like a Greek mythology, right? They hated that one as much as like the Hercules one. And actually people, they, so they, um, they nicknamed it Il Bacione, which literally translates to big white dude. And to, <laughs> and to show how much they hated it, they, they, so if you treated a work of, a work of art, if it was considered a fountain, it was like de, it was like degrading it, like taking it like, oh, it's just a fountain. Like they would, oh. de, it was like a demotion. So yeah. they treated it like a fountain because they would wash clothes in it, vandalize oh it, and, and even pee in it. So it's just, it's just so it's the stories are just fascinating because you see these people like me, I look at these statues. I'm like, wow, what a beautiful statue. And then now I'm like, if only people realized the Italians peed on it, you know, like it's just just changes so many things. Um, But anyways, that, that Piazza is phenomenal and it's amazing. And one of my favorite artists there, his name is Giambologna. And there's this, um, this statue of um, um, Her- Hercules taking down um, uh, the centaur Nessus, and that statue—I mean, the 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 back is just being like completely twisted, and the, I mean, it's just amazing. So, anyways, long story short, if you're in Florence, spend some time in that piazza, and also get to know the history of it because I promise you will appreciate all the statues and the crazy stories behind them. 10 times more it'll make your experience just and no and there's something cool when you know something that like somebody else doesn't and then you get to share it with them it's like then you get to see their reaction and now they look at it a little bit differently you know totally (laughs) so did you go get to see the david again i thought you were gonna say so did you pee in the statue (laughs) (laughs) well did you (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) um 
So, so the last time I went to Florence, I actually, we did more of the, so I did get to see the original, uh, day right. last time. And, uh, you know, this time I wanted to be like, okay, well, I've seen it, but I want to, there's so many other things to see and I want to go off the beaten path and, you know, take a left instead of a right and go up this hill instead of this, you know, instead of that one. Um, so yeah, but I did get, at least get to see the copy like almost every day. I mean, just you walk through and, you know, I mean that that piazza is just, um, oh, it's just amazing. Wow, that is a lot of information to pack in, Sean. How I did know, you even I, take that all in in your short time there? I know, I you know, I just it's I, there's a part where you're, I'm like, okay, even though I'm here for this period of time. I still won't see everything. I still won't like experience, you know, but I'm just going to like, I'm just going to accept that and just kind of do what I feel. And, um, you know, if there's an area I want to go to like more than once or five or 10 times, like, even though I've seen it, like, you know, I can do whatever I want, but I just knew like, you know what, I'm going to absorb as much as I can. And then whatever history and whatever I missed, I can always like reread it and be like, Oh, that's what that was. You know? Like, oh yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that really helps. But, um, um, yeah, just, just, Oh my God. It, it was just so cool to, to read about these statues and, and, uh, appreciate each one and the crazy, crazy stories behind them. <laughs> okay. We're almost out of time. So let's close this down with the last thing is like, um, this is for Emily. So, what's the difference between tanning and leather? <laughs> or, this is for Emily. <laughs> I just, it was a joke oh, because yeah, last yeah, time, yeah. I know. It, Sunburn? Well, know, no. She, she, she didn't realize that tanning was the process of taking uncured hides and turning uh, it into leather. Yeah. So, well, yeah. to be fair, I was reading our intro to the podcast, the last week's podcast, and I hadn't pre-read it. I was reading it for the first time. So I was reading it and I, I read tanning and then I read leather. And then in my mind, I was like, "Are how are those different? Those seem like they're involved somehow. Right, uh, right. <laughs> it's, all, but, it's all good, yeah. Emily. <laughs> it's been it's so i mean i know you could i'm sure you could talk about um italy florence all the things for so long and we're so excited to hear live vicariously through you too oh there's so much yeah i could talk about but but um anyways we can always save it for for another if anybody wants to listen oh totally (laughs) i'm I'm sure we'll we'll bring you back we there's so much more that we want to listen to um but we are We've been talking for, or you've been talking for about an hour. We've been listening. It's been amazing. Wow. Yeah. It went by very quickly. So obviously we will bring you back, but thank you. We'll do leather next time. (laughs) Exactly. Just do a whole episode just on leather. Yeah. (laughs) Leather. There we go. Okay. But thank you everyone for tuning into this Florence Revisited podcast. We hope that you guys had as much fun as we did. Let us know what you think. You can contact us on our social media channels where you can find photos of our adventure from around the world, interesting articles, and more. Also, if you're newer to our podcast, check out some of our older destination ones on Washington, D.C., Austin, Texas, Chile, London, and some of our topical ones like what we pack in our suitcases. And look out for our upcoming podcast on Hawaii, and maybe we'll have Sean back to talk with us all about Milan and Venice. Meet Us in Paris is a University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education Production. If you need a career boost, looking to increase your workplace knowledge, or seeking a new profession, check them out at ce.uci.edu for their professional courses. 
And thanks again for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Arrivederci. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>